question is he in the pocket of the church of latter-day saints of course he is um who 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 among us isn't um okay uh polygamy yeah we'll put polygamy on the docket i'm very (laughs) anti-polygamy yeah let's not talk about fortune let's just talk about polygamy (laughs) very bad for society (laughs) i'm serious though i've been anti-polygamy I'm, I'm judgmental. You're on the record, man. Uh, it's very controversial. Very heterodox. Everybody. It just seems for bad for men, bad for bad for most men, bad for most women. <laughs> it's bad for men, and that's what I care about. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to start recording. All right, cool. Uh, jack up the volume. Okay. Ready? Matt and Ethan, syncing up. Can you hear me, Matt? Can you hear me? Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, great. It's been hard to get on the same page. So, you know, we've got our agenda items. Uh, first of all, I sometimes think that we should just explain to people um, who come here what we're doing, even if most people, I'm guessing, know. I just want to give a quick little intro. I, sure. I, Ethan, work in sports media, specifically the NBA, more specifically the Golden State Warriors. Um, and Matt has worked in comedy, having written for The Onion and Funny or Die, and actually has an app that uh, coals jokes, that, that, that just tears jokes out of people, like the alien from Alien. I think that's your business <laughs> yeah, model. Rips them out. Rips them out. Yes. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you do. Uh, so we often, as uh, as as friends, as longtime friends, as friends for over two decades, we like to compare notes on our industries, and we figured, why not just do a podcast? This is the future, right? This is the hellscape we're going to be living in, where no conversation will ever be private. Why not just get ahead of that? So that's what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, we've decided to record all of our conversations because they're being recorded anyways. We might as well have them be recorded on our terms also. Well, something actually happened. So this isn't where I wanted to take the podcast. I'm going to be talking about it. (laughs) 
I'm going to be talking about it with Allie because I, I, I like her perspective, but maybe this could be something that you would also riff on. A controversy has happened uh, in the last Warriors loss, a home loss. Steve Kerr, coach of the Warriors, was frustrated mm-hmm. with something Draymond Green, forward on the Warriors, was doing, and he muttered something that was caught on camera. Nobody completely knows for sure, but the lip readers caught something to the effect of, I'm so fucking sick of this Draymond shit. Something that Draymond was doing. Shooting shit or something. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, and it clearly involved Draymond. And it's just this new, this new aspect of sports where you have to be paranoid that somebody's recording you at all times. And even if they can't hear you, uh, they can lip read you. And then you have to answer mm. for it. We saw Steve go into the locker room and ask, is Draymond there? And he's looking for Draymond to try to make things right. Um, he, he gave a press conference today and all the media was asking about it. Um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And I, uh, I told him that we were all now living in the panopticon and he gave me a lot of shit for, for using panopticon. But anyway, Matt, <laughs> we are all, n- Oh, now we can't, now we can't use the word that describes what we live in because it's too fancy. That's what kind of censorship is that? The NBA censorship, my friend, you're not supposed to be too fancy. That's how it works. Oh boy, what is the censorship by modesty? Censorship by feigning uh, what an eighth grade reading level. It's still fuck that. The NBA is 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 jock world to a certain extent, and Steve's a smart guy. Yeah. It's 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 good natured, but um, sure. it's a little. Well, Kerr's a very smart guy. Very smart guy. We had an extended conversation about fame. That's all anybody's talking mm. about right now, Matt. Is at the NBA level, whether these guys are depressed because of the technology they're using. It's all anybody is talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Now. That's right. Well, we should get into that, too. I think that's very Eventually. interesting. I mean, it's, it, it, it's well-trod. I want to get into something else, though. Oh, okay. I think well that this, trod amongst your milieu. Yeah, amongst my brethren. I want to get into something else, because I think this is, this mm-hmm. is the role you were born to play, Matt. This is <laughs> America oh, really? needs you, Matt. They need you. They need you to explain something, because they're under an illusion according to you. They yeah, they sure. think that elections are decided by moderate voters in places like Iowa uh, in the primaries, right? They think that the standard American voter decides elections or maybe, maybe billionaires who buy our elections decide our elections. If they're cynical, perhaps they think that. Or maybe they think the media, the media, the people on TV and the newspapers decide their elections if they're a different kind of cynical. But you, sir think something completely different. You mm-hmm. think that racist, anonymous teenagers are now deciding our elections, and you're here to tell us that they have now thrown their support behind a candidate <laughs> who isn't racist, has no interest in racism, and that the vast majority of the country has never heard of, and that this could be an incredible Cinderella story of uniting... <laughs> Racist 15-year-old boys and a very intriguing, smart candidate who is not any of those things. Explain. Wow. Yeah, sure. Boy, you really just teed me up uh, excellently there, Eth, man. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, so what we're talking about, of course, of course, is 4chan, uh, the seat of power on the Internet. Uh, And my contention that and I would be I want to be very clear here. That uh, I wouldn't. I people get mad when you start saying things like 
the meme war won the election for Trump or whatever, or like even that Russian memes or Facebook won the election for Donald Trump. Uh, because and I think most people would like are rightly uh, correct in thinking that like, it's a lot of factors that contributed to Trump winning in 2016 and singling any one of them out, I think would make you a fool. But I do think that it's very important to recognize the influence that the internet had on the election and on politics in general right now. And I think that the internet itself, if you're looking at it, you have to take into consideration what I think is like the white hot center of internet energy, which is the website uh, known as 4chan. Yeah. Uh, and and, and think- can we can we establish a little of your background? Because you, I believe, were on 4chan before it took this incredibly uh, not only racist but politicized turn. And was that because you were a young nerd, Matt? I mean, where does where does your background? Yeah, go yeah. Well, first of all, I love that it's like I was on for. I, I love that the this. It's, I think about this a lot. How it's like drug terminology, like mm. the websites that we use. You know, like oh, I'm on Instagram, but I'm not on Facebook. Oh, when I'm on <laughs> Instagram, I like Instagram. Like it's like we're talking about like drugs doing something to your brain. Mm. And I think there is something to that. That like Instagram. Oh yeah, I mean. I like all the visuals, but it really depresses me. Mm. You know, like that's like exactly how you would describe doing like, I don't know, acid or something like that. Yeah. Facebook. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It it makes me just like makes me feel insecure, but it does help me get an appreciation for my family. (laughs) Uh, Like Twitter. Twitter makes you an asshole, but I laugh a lot, you know, (laughs) like so 4chan, if we're thinking about uh, websites or social media platforms as drugs to be on 4chan, I do think is the equivalent of being on like DMT or something. It's like the hardest one. It's like the <laughs> one of just legend. It's like the, the website that when your brain is on it, you have to be, you know, you've got to be a real psycho not to, to expose yourself to that. And you have to be kind of like sure of yourself because it is so powerful that it can and has been known to change people's minds. And, uh, you know, some have used the term irony poisoning or whatever to turn, turn good people bad, turn woke people unwoke, turn the unwoke woke, depending on how you look at things. But anyways, 4chan, I mean, all 4chan is, is it's an anonymous image board is what it would call itself. Uh, and that's as differentiating it from like a message board, which is more text-based. Uh, way back in, God, what it would have been like the early 2000s, uh, image boards were taking Japan by storm. There was a, a website called 2chan mm. uh, in Japan. And uh, basically, it was an image board, but it was anonymous. So you log in, you didn't make an account, you just posted whatever you wanted. Uh, and this guy, uh, uh, was it Christopher Poole, I think was his name. I, I wouldn't, uh, Moot is what he went by. Uh, he was a denizen of a message board called Something Awful. Now we're just getting into internet history. I yeah. hope people care about yeah, this. Yeah, we're going, we're going uh, down the rabbit hole because it we're seems... We're going down the rabbit hole. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just throw my understanding of those two things because I don't know much about either, and you can tell me how I'm wrong, that much of lefty um, internet culture, young internet culture, sprung out of Something Awful, and much of righty, alt-right internet culture sprung out of 4chan. I, I don't, you know, even that I would say isn't quite correct. Mm. Um, 
So let me let me let me back us up here because I think what's in I, we don't need to get into the whole history although yeah. I'll kind of get into that I think what's important like my theory on 4chan yes in general to, is that 4chan it's 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 not you shouldn't think of it like it's a community like it's the alt right and you shouldn't necess- and you shouldn't think of it even like I don't know like a typical like Reddit or like a platform or something like that 4chan. Well, first of all, 4chan is many different boards of many different interests. And really, when we're talking about 4chan, we're talking about a few specific boards on there that are kind of like the the seat of power. And uh, we're talking about the B board, the poll board, and some might argue like the R9K board. But um, whatever, collectively, with the, the part of 4chan that sees the action, I think that you can think of it instead as a keep, mm. you know, like a castle, like a, a defensive position, a fortified position on the internet. Think of it like, you know, like a military keep, like a, like a tower or what's like a famous keep even in game of Thrones. <laughs> kind of, wasn't there some sort of yeah, I guess, casterly yeah, sure. rock or some such? Yeah, sure. Those are all keeps or whatever. Uh, and, and uh, by and the way, by the way, so people, so people have an understanding of how many people use this. Uh, I, I'm looking at a stat that says the number of unique 4chan users in the U.S. Um, is around 11 million, so around 11 million people. Yeah, and that's just U.S. because it is definitely yeah. an international board as well. So I'm sure there's you know at least equal that in international users, or at least people posing as international users. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's like, it's a significant you know draw of traffic. But it's I think it's good to think of it as a keep because I think that explains. That, you know, when Moot started it, for example, with 4chan, I think first came on the scene, people know 4chan because it created memes. It created, you know, top text, bottom text memes. Uh, like the very first memes were like Catterday memes. You know what I'm talking about? These were like just cute cats, like riding an invisible bike or just like, I thank God it's Catterday and just like a cute cat, just like big, bold text and image and then like big, bold text. That like you might even kind of associate it with I can has cheeseburger mm. kind of like was like a first thing to to take that. But it was just, it like kind of like created a whole style on the Internet. So just culturally, that was one of its first big impacts. And then, you know, Occupy Wall Street, arguably like the sort of the red hot seat of power that 4chan was then created the a lot of the momentum behind Occupy and, you know, anonymous, the like anonymous hacker group with like the guy Fox masks and that kind of shit. A lot of that came from 4chan as well. Like anonymous uh, people refer to each other as anon on 4chan. Uh, that it all, a lot of this comes out of there and you see it spread throughout all the rest of the internet. But the, 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 the place where it starts, where it originates is this place. And I think it's because it's a, an anonymous board it like taps into the id, you know, it taps like more into like the deeper part of your mind. I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but that or last episode, I should say, where it when you're on 4chan, it feels like the most like you're connecting your brain to another person's brain hmm. simply because it's there's no other guys. There's no other identity that you have other than the things that you're posting. And you can pretend to be anything. You can pretend to be a member of the alt right. Even if you're not, you can pretend to be racist, even if you're not whatever that means you can pretend to not be a racist if you want even if you are yeah you can just it's just kind of a place where anything goes and you can interact well, with people in that so, kind of so, a space which is a very something, unique something human you, condition something you once said about it you were on a podcast where you were explaining to two uh, comedians uh you were trying to explain what this thing was to two people who didn't know 
Um, oh, that was the Make Me Like It podcast hosted by Dan Klein and Kelly Hudson. Yes, yes, exactly. Good, good plug. So you were you were, you were trying to explain <laughs> it to two uh, nice liberal comedians what this <laughs> what this den of iniquity is. Um, but the thing you said that that left such an impression on me is that you will be found out immediately if you post. They will know <laughs> oh, yeah, that you yeah, don't yeah. belong immediately immediately well it's more yeah if i post as my like my own views if i want to sort of like so this is the thing you've got it like i like it because it challenges my views you know like i have very strongly have as you know like very like egalitarian liberal progressive activist or whatever views and i like going into these places and like seeing how my arguments hold up against these you know, these people. And if you start arguing, even on like things where I have pretty strong footing, for example, the, the topic that did the, did the Holocaust happen or not, (laughs) (laughs) which if you want to argue about that, this is the place, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, but I very quickly, even like whatever I'm talking about, very quickly, people start calling me like Moshe or calling me a Jew uh, even though, again, I have no identity there other than that I'm spouting, you know, liberal talking points or whatever, what could be considered liberal talking points or even just rational talking points often yeah. that are just, you know, heterodox to what, you know, a lot of the people there believe. Or I should say, again, the, uh, keeping with the keep metaphor, in 2015 or so, I guess in the lead up to the election, the the keep was stormed by what would become Trump supporters. Mm. So there always was a, a strong strain of ironic racism on 4chan. Uh, and, you know, I, I, getting into the psychology of like what is ironic racism versus real racism, I think is certainly very interesting, but it's something that we could get bogged down in. Yeah. But I think that you know, laughing at a joke that is racist, even though you guys aren't, you know, you're not a racist and you would, you know, fight for equality or whatever, but just cause it's like funny and because you trust people around you or whatever that is, whatever you call that. And, you know, I'm sure some people would say ironic racism is racism and that's not an acceptable way to be or to think or whatever. I think, but, I think to know, even I, have this conversation, people almost need to set aside um, their good personness. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, from what I could tell after I, li- yeah. after I listened to the podcast, checked it out um transgression seems to be the big thing there however you want to do it i would explain a difference for people who i I remember you said hey check it out and i checked it out actually the night that the horrific uh vegas uh massacre (laughs) happened yes yeah um and i my my main memory of it because i was toggling i was toggling back and forth between that and the Donald Reddit thread of supporting mm-hmm, Donald Trump on mm-hmm. Reddit. And there was this major difference between the two, which is that on the Donald Reddit thread, people were horrified. I mean, obviously, they they jumped to the conclusion that it was uh, an Islamic terrorist attack, but they were horrified, and this is an attack on America, and it makes it makes us sick. Um, on, on 4chan, uh, they were putting party hats up and just laughing at all of it. And it was, uh, it, it, the, all the chaos, all the chaos and death was, was, was funny was the, uh, that, that it, it's yeah. like, it, it, it is like, it prides itself on being the most, you know, gallows humor, the darkest place where, you know, you just, all the things that you censor yourself, you know, to in, in your mind in order to live in, in reasonable civil society, a lot of those things go out the window on 4chan just because it, again, it's just all about plugging directly into that id because, and I think from that id, you know, it's like a font of creativity. It's a font of hatred. It's a font of all sorts of like, 
very, you know, I don't know, core things, you know, lizard brain things. Mm. And some of those things can be amazing and some of them can be horrifying, but they definitely have this power well, I, uh, because I, it's an unregulated space. Well, I think it might also have some power because some of the people using it might not have jobs or be too fulfilled. And then there's a tremendous so, amount of energy there that can di- get directed is, somewhere. This is a very important point, which is that most of the people on 4chan are, well, are people who, I mean, you know, should be doing something else, you know, (laughs) but just like you're, you know, most, a lot of people sneak off on at work or whatever, or if you are unemployed, you spend too much time on Twitter or other social media. It really should be known that a lot of the people on 4chan day in, day out are like barely employed (laughs) or are like, you know, teenagers or whatever, the types of people who have free time and the want to go onto this kind of a website and whether or not you know you agree with them or whatever they these people in this form have some sort of power yeah because they have this they get this there's this energy and momentum that you feel uh from 4chan and from like a particularly successful meme thread and i think that one interesting thing is that like humor really can be kind of the guide there where like if a meme is funny people will try to post more memes like it so and what why or how something is funny you know who knows can you do but it this became very okay, funny before before we, yeah. we we eventually have to tether this back to the the, the rise of andrew yang but right. just in the Trump context, can you explain to the listener who must be so lost by now? I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> I feel like we're trying our best. We're trying our best. Right, yeah. We're trying our best. <laughs> How do you connect what happens there in memes with Donald Trump becoming the president of the United States? Could you even do it sure. in a paragraph? Yeah, sure. So the basic theory is that like you could kind of like ladder up from like memes and talking points and memes being like, you know, just like images with words on the memes now mean so many different things. You know what I mean? It's just but it's just like a piece of content that it like, you know, that gets across an idea. Uh, it's somehow usually through visuals and sometimes through art, through a Pepe reference, through, you know, whatever, it, 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 through a MS paint drawing. The the idea is that in the 2016 election, in the run up to it, memes or like power influence, you could kind of track it where you could see something get popular or big, a talking point, an idea, a meme on 4chan. Then you would see it hop over to the Donald subreddit. From there, you would see it hop over to Facebook. And from there, you would see it hop to Fox News. And then it kind of just became, you know, what was uh, talked about. So like the deplorables image, right? The deplorables image where after Hillary Clinton said basket of deplorables and there was this image of uh, what was that stupid movie with all the action heroes or whatever, uh, but with everybody replaced with like figures from the right, including Pepe. And then like Donald Trump Jr. tweeted that out or whatever. I'm sure that meme was born on 4chan or like an adjacent so, but, thing. But how, did, but how did these memes lead to somebody pulling the lever for one person versus the other person in a primary? I mean, that's that's what I'm trying to connect. I, you know, I. Yeah, I think it's 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 just it it's a cult it's the cultural force. Mm. You know, it's like thinking that Bill Clinton is cool cuz he played the saxophone. Like why did that why do people point to that as being a defining thing about Clinton? Nobody cares about saxophone players. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like the saxophone was going to help him win a war or something like that. Why did people care kind of, that Dukakis looked goofy with a helmet, right? I mean Yeah, it, it's like part of and it's like part of the like intangibles equation that ultimately that you can make the argument that, you know, just the more handsome and charismatic or pretty and charismatic 
uh, candidate will win no matter what. And all this other stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? So like, I, I think that like it's, this is, this lives within that realm to some extent, but it also like helps coalesce ideas. Well, also, there was a very practical element where people were sifting through like the WikiLeaks uh, of, of like the Podesta emails for specific things that then like kicked out and fueled Pizzagate or kicked out and fueled whatever, like very tangible things. I mean, this is the sort of stuff that like the Russians were putting money behind. Well, let me, let me, that, let me make your argument for you then. Um, or at least mm-hmm. you're making it well. I'm just, I'm just adding to it. It's almost like we've become our yeah, own propagandists. We've become our own propagandists. You know, we, we, right. we all have a platform. We filter out the news that doesn't fit our narratives or doesn't support our narratives. And we, pump out the ones that do and this became the coalescing force of like a supercharged lee atwater right of (laughs) taking the most damaging information um about opponents and actually one second Allie, Allie, (laughs) Allie, come here i want to show you a racist meme (laughs) do you hear that do you hear that do you hear that in the background or is it just me no no, I don't hear anything. Okay, well, if you don't hear anything, then I guess I. Allie, here, I, I got to Tell me what you think of this this Jewish meme here. Look, <laughs> you see here, it look, it's like a hook nosed Jew, and he's dangling money in front of Pepe. What, what do you think of that? What does that mean to you, hon? Oh, my God. Well, that's the other thing with 4chan that becomes very obvious is the obsession with very, Jews. Lots the, of anti Semitism. It's, it's, so, it's, it's an obsession. It's insane. But. Um, so all right, well, so let's 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 jump ahead a little bit. Uh, here, okay, so mind. let me let me. Okay, well, I want to validate your argument. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly got sidetracked and I stopped speaking cogently or forcefully. Oh right, because, oh, right. you were gonna do something for me. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. Say, like, well, I think Ali is showering downstairs with the door open, and it sounded very loud to me. And I was just, I, w- I was making sure it wasn't picked up. Um, and you're good. I'm good. Well, actually, I no, I have no idea. I'm not hearing your side of this, so okay. this could sound like shit. Okay, I'm walking. I'm gonna walk down. St- I'm, I'm gonna walk downstairs. I'm gonna come back upstairs. <laughs> what, what mark is this in the? Uh, it's around the 23 minute mark. <laughs> okay, great. Okay, I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> yeah, listeners, I, I I apologize for Ethan's wife uh, showering. You know, I, I I don't know who showers at you know nine p.m. or whatever. I don't. I guess I guess there's night showers and morning showers, huh? I guess Allie's just a night shower, and I should not put you know I should not besmirch night showers. I am curious what the what the demographic breakdown is on night showers and morning showers. Uh, or you know, is it age based? Are you are you fucking talking about my wife? Are you are you fucking talking about my wife showering? You don't yeah, fucking talk about, about that. You don't fucking talk about that. Graphic detail about what it looks like when Allie showers. You're getting cucked via audio right now. <laughs> you don't fucking talk about showering. <laughs> I will I'll talk about what setting, how, how, what heat setting your wife like. No, I was talking about uh, morning showers and night showers. Oh well, it's, uh, it's that we got this. I don't trust night showers. We got this fancy exercise bike, which I think is a factor now. Um, oh, so she got oh, sure, sure. Well, nobody wants to go to bed sweaty. That's true. Oh yeah, no. But, well, I mean, it it, it it all depends. But anyway, um, so <laughs> so those sweat freaks can't sleep unless they're sweating their asses off. Oh, unless I'm soaking wet, I, I can't even, dream. I don't even know. The why only said, way to get dreams even, is if I'm soaked. I don't even know why I said that. I think it's just my natural inclination to disagree with you for the sake of it. There was, there was an unimpeachable. It was an unimpeachable claim. It was completely accurate. Um. <laughs> Okay, so I've finally gotten my brain back together. Look, 
it makes sense what you're saying. It's like a political campaign. <laughs> it's like this massive oppo research arm. Elite, just a, like yeah, a, a, sure, a, that's part of it. And they're, and they're like doing messaging. work collectively for free right. of sifting through all the WikiLeaks and finding the sure, most damaging Sure, free. Although there's a lot of, there's content. plenty of outstanding questions. For example, like, are some of these people being paid? There was evidence that Palmer Lucky, the creative Oculus, was like spending money to like pay people just to sit around making memes. That arguably is what the internet research agency does. Are Democrats doing? it are people funding people to just sit there and make memes question i have are there some people who you know are sitting you know and we would never know it but they're the ones that make 90 percent of the memes you mm. know if you like buy i would say that like it's a good hypothesis there's I mean, probably you know, a pareto percent of there's probably well, a pareto principle to it i remember that there were certain gawker writers who were just had this amazing hit rate where they just had some kind of je ne sais quoi talent for finding the thing that would become a hit story i remember reading stories like that it does seem to be a skill yeah that well, people, people are, but you know there's you know as a comedian like as a comedy writer you know there's a lot of people who are funny but some people just like fucking churn out jokes at a higher rate than other people like you just like can like see it and you know 90 percent of the content's made by 10 percent of the people or something like that that's not like an actual statistic i'm just like throwing that out as like an idea sure. But like that might be the case for memes. Anyway, whatever it is, uh, wh why we're talking about this is because in this last week, I, I was really very excited. This last week in politics, and I, you know, I don't know what, how much politics we talk on this pod, but like I, I got more psyched than I've been in a while mm. just because something interesting was happening, and it seemed like Andrew Yang, who's this Demo who's running for the Democratic nomination, who is like a fringe outsider candidate, he's this very pleasant seeming. Uh, like a businessman uh, who's running on uh, specifically on one issue on universal basic income uh, and very much basically that the, the automation is taking people's jobs, that the energy that Trump had for, you know, the working class that he galvanized around immigrants are taking your jobs. He's like, no, that's a blatant lie. And you know, it's not true because you know, what's taking your jobs. It's robots, it's automation. And we see this trend and it's time to start taking it seriously. And his way of starting to take it seriously is running on a platform of everybody gets a thousand bucks a month. And that's a very simple concept. Some of the forces around it are not. I, look, I, I just want to read this tweet from Wesley Yang. No, no relation, but somebody who uh, is, I think, one of the best essayists in, in, in America. And the tweet reads as follows about Andrew Yang. Um, he has been received. Uh, he has received. He might have had a typo in his tweet. Um, <laughs> that fucked you up right now. Yeah, it fucked me up right him. now. <laughs> Blaming him. It, it's yeah, true. It's Yang. true. Wesley Yang had a had a typo. Uh, <laughs> he has received very friendly treatment on the Breakfast Club, Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, Sam Harris, and Freakonomics. There may not be another person in America capable of doing this. Mm. So he's been on a media blitz, Andrew Yang. He has, has been, and but he's been hitting this interesting section of the media. That is kind of, you know, whatever, like you would kind of, I don't know, like the intellectual dark web, I don't think quite hits it. It's kind of like the internet web or something. It's like the the internet. Well, I don't know. There's so much. What is the internet? It's like male manosphere adjacent, I guess, if you want to be throwing around that term. But I'm again, trying to find a thread. I, I don't know how the Breakfast oh, Club fits into <laughs> fits into all of this. I would, that's true, too. That's true. For, too, for those who don't know, the Breakfast Club is the most popular uh rap 
talk show, um, basically, although they have a ton of people on. It's it's really, I mean, it's probably the most popular thing most white people don't know about, where they mm. will have an interview of somebody I've never heard of, and it will just get millions of views on YouTube. Uh, you might have, if you don't know about this, have heard of the uh, most famous guy on that show, Charlemagne the God, who is a very aggressive interviewer and does not care if the celebrity likes him or not, and it can lead to some very interesting results. But Yang showed up on The Breakfast Club and killed it, which I have to say a lot of, not a lot of, but a few Democratic politicians have shown up on The Breakfast Club in a pandery way and looked uh, not 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 great for having done so. Well, I, I think that Yang is throwing out interesting ideas that people are glomming onto and they sound interesting. And, you know, I, I guess the most generous read on these is these are just like non-mainstream media sources for the most part. I know that that term doesn't really mean anything anymore, MSM or whatever, and it gets thrown around by conservatives. But like really like the like non to some extent, non-ad supported. Now that Rogan is, I don't know. It, it, whatever that is, who, who cares? We don't. We're not here to define that. Mm. But Yang, what's important is that this week, for whatever reason, I don't know what started it or why, the Yang supporters coalesced as the Yang Gang, and they started storming the keep of 4chan. They started pumping out memes from their private Discord channel. Well, I think it was public and then it became private. Uh, a Discord being a, like a chat app typically used by video gamers, but is like a way for people to organize and uh, online these days, like a Slack type of thing or whatever, but mm. I guess cooler and younger or whatever. But anyways, they started pumping out memes and throwing them out on 4chan. And people who were clearly quite literate in 4chan started taking up the banner of Yang and posting. And I think, uh, you know, the question would be, are, where, is this 4chan flipping for Yang? Is this just a new population coming in that is enough 4chan literate and that's into the memes? Or is 4chan just this amorphous body where there is no community? It's just like an energy and the Yang memes are just really funny. Yeah. Like, I, there's just something intrinsically funny about supporting a guy who's just saying he's going to give you a thousand bucks. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's that and it comes with some other aspects. I won't profess to know it, but somebody somebody asked for some of the Yang memes and just looking at them. Um, it seems like the cohort of young alt-righty people and alt-right adjacent people are disappointed by Trump, that Trump didn't do what they wanted for them. And if you look at the actual policies enacted by Trump, it's fairly Republican president. He's not whatever they wanted. He's not an ethno-nationalist uh, as much as they wanted. I don't even know. There's dissatisfaction. They don't like that he likes Israel, for instance, right? They don't like that. Yeah, this, a another term has kind of emerged recently of mega, make Israel great again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this has been so I've been like keeping tabs on 4chan since the last election. And it has felt to me that like just energy and enthusiasm is waning. 4chan just kind of feels like a little bit boring or it has in the last like year or so. I mean, you know, there's still plenty of anti-Semitism and racism and ethno-nationalism and people like perk up with, you know, I don't know, for various political things and happenings or whatever. But well, uh, I'll tell you the attitude. I'll the, tell you the, the attitude that I've seen. I'll, I'll reduce it down. That's been captured by some of these memes. It's we're not getting what we wanted. We might as well get a thousand bucks. Yeah, I think that's totally the case. There's this uh, I think what a great meme that encapsulates it is like uh, basically like a Trump supporter 
type figure, like a Wojak is what they're, I don't know, do we need to get into like the namings and the terminologies and the Pepes and the Apustahashas? There's so many fucking characters or whatever, but like uh, what looks like a figure of a man crying, wearing a MAGA hat, and then like slowly like morphing into a very pleased man wearing a cool vaporwave aesthetic yang 2020 hat holding a thousand dollar bill that's kind of the like that that's like symbolizing the transformation of what's going on and i think there is the thing is is like the 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 what was so funny about supporting trump if you were to take the side of people who were supporting trump just for the lulls was that this guy's a fucking asshole (laughs) it would be hilarious if this fucking asshole was the president because like fuck presidents and fuck the government and fuck all this shit Mm. you know you deserve each other right like that you can kind of i think understand that like anarchistic well well, that's the thing that's the thing about it i find almost the most amused by where trump didn't do what they wanted but they really even want that where i saw i saw i saw one meme i saw i saw one meme where it was one button that you can press for, um, I'm trying to even remember, uh, more immigration, loss of social cohesion, United States of Israel, and then the next meme is, or the next button is, same but $1,000, and, and, and that's yeah. the button you want. And I thought to myself, do these people even really want social cohesion? Is this really a big deal? I don't Did I, they, It's like, who? I just don't think, that. that's the one thing, is like, should you, I think the biggest joke is taking 4chan seriously, Yes, right? exactly. Well, but it's here, like, but it's, but, is what I'm doing here on the podcast. Yeah, well, but, but it's like, <laughs> saying it, it, that we need absurd. to take 4chan more seriously, which is not what I'm, I mean. No, no, I, I know, but, I but, but, I, but I'm making a point yeah. that, like, the idea that they have some yearning for a 1950s Pleasantville America is absurd on its face. It's just absurd. Yeah, well, the 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 hardest that these guys, well, the thing that these guys were getting hard for, you know, is sort of like as just as uh, you know, Peterson was like uh, ascendant, right? Was that uh, you know, religion? These people were like, we have to go back to like religion, and it's like, you fucking, you guys don't want fucking religion. No, you talking about? And also, like, but again, it's like. The people who find 4chan and are on 4chan are the people who need 4chan at that time. Mm. So it's not like it's it's a mistake to think of it as a cohesive community of the same people. It's like millions of people who have passed through there over the past, you know, 15 years who somewhat are familiar with it and who are dropping by and curious and wanting to take part in it. You know, it, it's not it's a drifter community. It's, online it sounds like the co- like a combination of a sushi boat and a potluck. Where people can take <laughs> from what is coming down the stream and also place things on the stream, and that is the extent of the community. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, you can you bring what you want to it, and you take what you need from it, uh, and you can argue with people or whatever. But like the, the the momentum that these Yang threads are getting, and I'm very pleased that they've been. I was like, is this just a flash in the pan? Are the Yang people going to freak out about it? And I think there's been some misguided press recently of like trying to associate Yang with like these people as as being a bad thing and i i would say that's a mistake i think that like this energy you know even though so it's you, dangerous you, like yang shouldn't this directly is, associate with it but yeah just in the way trump did just like you know that let, let your like supporters are going to support and do their thing and create a culture independent of you to some extent that is now well, a this political is a reality. new thing and, too where not a new thing but there's this expectation that you're supposed to police um, all of your fans or have some kind of moral um, connection to them. And right. you, you have a very 
contrarian take, I think, on this, which is that, hey, at least these people are using their forces for good, in your estimation, because you like Yang. Um, yeah, I think the question is like, do you like, do you care? If you're, you're just happy. Your 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 take on it is, I hated Trump and they were helping Trump. I like Yang and they're helping Yang. Why do I want to get caught up in how in how bad they are and and, and finger wag about it and, and go down that road? What is the point? What is the profit in it? I, yeah, to some extent, and I, I mean, because you're not going to change people, but all, like there's just like big issues at stake here, and also you know ultimately, who knows what will happen if we start giving people a thousand bucks? Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, so like for like the, so the big criticism I think that you could put up is that Richard Spencer has endorsed Yang, right? Like you you don't get any like worse than Richard Spencer and nobody wants to be associated with Richard Spencer. Uh, And here he is supporting Yang. So does that mean that if I support Yang, I support Richard Spencer? Well, at that point, we're just giving racists this incredible power to submarine, to submarine anybody's candidacy. Uh, that, that, that seems like too much power to give them. And I, I, I think you mean torpedo, but I like the idea you're right. that they're getting, they're, I, I think they're putting torpedo. Like Andrew Yang in a submarine and just kind of like <laughs> submarining off into so, the ocean. So, so, so torpedo was probably the, the, the proper usage there, but I also don't like this genre. There was a, there was an article on the verge about, um, about this community of uh, racist and anti-Semites who are supporting Yang and um, Yang was disavowing all of that as, as he should, but I don't like this cool kid internet culture uh, idea that we need to make whatever is getting popular completely all about the worst fans of it and have that particular argument. I I, I didn't like it with Rick and Morty and a myriad of other things. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't like it. I, I've only met in real life the people who like Rick and Morty are cool people. And yet I, there were countless articles about their mean angry bad fans and it, it well the fact that this is the other thing is we're mostly talking about kids yeah right it's like oh but i hate all those people who were like obsessed with rick and morty szechuan sauce <laughs> like the szechuan sauce thing those were literally 12 to 15 year old boys mm-hmm. and like you should not like let the internet or ruin ruin you just because it's actually a 13 to 15 year old boy and and this is the thing these these kids they can't vote but man can they make memes you know, like they, they've got all the power in the world and they know it. This is all this gets back to be honest, Ethan, to my main, my main new talking point, I think, which is that I think we need to start age restricting the internet for real. I think that, you know, the 21 and up thing in bars, right. Mm. That's ostensibly to keep kids from drinking alcohol, which I guess is dangerous, but anyone who's above 21 actually knows the truth. It's just there to keep fucking kids out, man. Mm. I um and I think I, I think we need to do the same thing with the internet. I don't know how we possibly do that, but if we could do that, I would do that. If I if I had confidence that we could and, actually And nothing against kids. I yeah. sorry, I want to be very clear. We might have listeners here under 21. I love you. Mm-hmm. I have no problem. I think actually you rule. I hope you're listening to cool shit. I hope you're watching cool stuff and supporting it. But like you guys and your energy, you know, there's a reason why like you go to like 18, you know, 18 and under shows, punk shows and those are super cool. 
cool. And it'd be weird to you if there was like a 33-year-old man <laughs> hanging out at that punk show, yeah. right? That's like not your culture either. And, I, and that's not to say you guys shouldn't, you know, have a voice in the election or whatever. But it's just that like, you know, you're, you're trying on lots of guises. You're trying out things. You've got a lot of time on your hand, which in, in, on the internet time is power. And I just think, you know, peacefully, there should be spaces where we can all hang out for sure. Like porn websites where teens <laughs> oh, and God, adults are welcome. Oh, but I think that there should be hangout spaces <laughs> oh. and places and websites that really are just for adults to chill. And, you know, maybe there's like tears because like, I, well, you, I, I, us, I, think I don't, don't want to be hanging out with, so, with so many of these things. You want certain things and there's just no mechanism by which it could possibly happen. I, I, I like uh, this is crazy. We're, we're talking to the tech industry is a multi-trillion dollar industry. We're saying these are the most important people in the world designing a future for all of us, a panopticon of where they have infinite power and in infinite ways to influence the very minds that we have inside of our skulls. And you're saying these same fucking geniuses can't figure out a way to make it so that there's an age gated website where only people who are like 25 and older and younger than like, like, you said the entire. Know, 40, it, you said the entire. You, you said the entire internet, which I think is a little bit. I, I just want spaces. I just want spaces where and and but this is the thing. We're just segregating along these lines, anyways. Facebook was ceded to crazy adults, you know, to crazy <laughs> like boomers recently, right? And like TikTok is just for like kids or for pedophiles. This is the other thing it would solve the pedophile problem. <laughs> and you know, Twitter is for like I guess like kids like it for like, funny stuff, but like political people. In like their like twenties to forties, like it for whatever. I'll, but I guess Trump, who's in his seventies, is there and he's wrecking it. So if you fucking cut off people above the age of seventy from Twitter, <laughs> we lose Trump, which is a you know a very good justification for doing it. Oh, I, it's just, I, I I just think like we should be figuring you know let's we should not, get let's, smart let's about got, this. Let's stuff. not get snagged on this whole thing. Let's let's talk about. They've, this is much more important. Let, than let's do some horse race political coverage, right? Because okay, so they 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 they've abandoned Trump. These kids have uh, they've abandoned Trump and now they're they're going with Yang. Uh, that's fascinating because it, it it makes you ask questions about what their overall ethos is and and what they want out of this whole thing. If tr- well, the, the, the kind but, of but the question is, but the the thing that we're actually seeing is like you know Trump was elected for a bajillion factors. He won by thirty three thousand yeah. votes over three. Is, I I am like getting to this. I'm, I'm getting to this that okay, they, right, they, right, this is it. a much heavier lift. You know, nobody right. knows you. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, people do maybe now, but about a month ago, nobody knew who Andrew Yang was. Right. So this right. is this is tough. Now, I will say in just my own thought on, on Yang, I cannot tell you the feasibility of his solutions, but he is talking about problems that are shockingly under talked about and are massive. Oh, yeah. And are such a big yeah. deal. And so I think that is why people are resonating to him beyond the thousand dollar plan. It's just the actual discussion of automation and not just making the point that automation is on the horizon, but that it's already happening. It's already denuded the Midwest of manufacturing jobs. It's just going to accelerate further and speaking specifically about how it's going to impact trucking and talking about in very plain terms, a lot of stake, not, you know, a lot of style, more substance than style, but just saying in plain flat terms that when this goes down, suicides are going to just skyrocket up 
and overdoses are going to skyrocket up. Why? I mean, the, because the, it's, the, already it's already happening. happening. That's it, the thing. Because it's, it's already, already happening, happening. And it's going to happen even more so unless something is done about it. And we need to somehow convert this largesse, these technology companies that are getting more work done by very few workers and and and, and convert well, that then, into yeah, well, society. It, it, it makes you imagine possibilities it makes you contemplate things that you wouldn't have otherwise contemplated i don't know if he has the solutions or if they could be enacted but you you come away from it thinking why isn't anybody else talking about this stuff yeah and I, I, I think that we're in this intractable situation and our podcast, right, is kind of about like parsing out tech and media and why, like, why tech, why are we all mad at tech? And, you know, I, the, the thing is, is like, it's not tech we're mad at. Like, of course we want somebody out there figuring out driverless cars. Driverless cars seem fun and cool. And like, there are ways that we should implement them so that they're correct. But like, that's like an interesting problem that people want to solve that there might be a business in. And why would we want to impede people from, from solving that problem? Right. Especially if it could bring a lot of good to a lot of people, it could bring something neat to society. I mean, maybe you could make the argument that who needs it and we should abandon all this shit. But I think that most people are kind of like, you know, on the whole tech has been cool. But the problem is just in the last 10 years or so, we've seen this other side of tech, which is that they aren't making cool things. They're just making things that are making them rich. And this goes back to, you know, uh, anybody who's reading Shoshana Zabuff's uh, age of surveillance capitalism knows this, that as she throws out the surveillance capitalism, which is taking over, it's not tech. Like it needs tech, but it isn't tech itself. It's, it's instead, it's a logic is mm. what her argument is that it's, it's a, it's a way of exploiting the economy. It's a way of using tech to exploit people, to take everything that they have and, and their whole, their identities of being, and turning that into profit for a, a small amount of people. So what we're really talking about is that a small number of people are going to be able to have a huge impact on society. And we can either cheer those people on and support them and work alongside them and make that future together, which is only possible if we're sharing in, not just being able to use the things they're making, because we now know that using, being a user, users of these cyber drugs, you're actually being a slave of them. Uh, or are we actually in a meaningful way going to share in the the profit, so to say? That meaningful. That is the yang. That is the yang message. These, yeah. That is. In, right. it, it just makes Bernie Sanders seem even older than he is. It's this idea. I suppose it, because it's he's not even talking about how do we make this work for us. I, like what do we? Yeah, how do well, we? I, how do we? How do we convert this into something that can work for us? And I think it's an interesting debate to have right now of is the Bernie Sanders model of labor unionization power to the workers, you know, raising the minimum wage. Is that the way that we share in the profits of everything that we reduce economic inequality? Or is it time for universal basic income? And I think you can make a convincing argument right now that we're at a, a pivot point between both. Mm -hmm. And we will be probably for at least a decade <laughs> where both methods are very good and need to be implemented. I would say, again, I'm like a liberal activist or whatever the fuck you want to call me. But like, I think that, but it's, I think unavoidable 
that on the horizon, UBI needs to be a part of this well, or some other mechanism that essentially takes from tech yeah. indiscriminately <laughs> and gives to everybody else so that we all don't have to work. Well, let's, I mean, should we talk about the nature of where wealth comes from or is that too deep and too heavy <laughs> for this particular exploitation, podcast? Exploitation, Ethan. Well, that's, that's solely from exploitation. <laughs> well, that would solely be it. That, that would digging be a, the guts out of your fellow man. <laughs> well, we that, can't get away from slavery. Well, that's all this is. Well, like, that, humans I, love I, fucking slaves. I, I, I was actually going going to go into the, the, the other direction that it's not a zero sum as people actually think it is. I mean, it can be. You can take from somebody and take what they have and exploit them, but generally um, it can be generated by technology making something easier and making creature comforts easier to procure. I mean, we are a wealthier world now than we were 100 years ago. The world is wealthier. The standard of living is higher. Poverty is lower. Who did we steal it from? ourselves that wouldn't make a lot of sense so if if an entire culture can get in the aggregate wealthier then obviously there is a means of generating wealth beyond simple exploitation and theft um and i yeah, yeah. I, but i, I but, think but, it's also but, just but attached, about creating but, but, but attached to that you know attached to that we're going to reach a point where it, it, it appears that you don't need an incredible amount of workforce participation uh, to generate those new technologies that that create wealth. And, you know, some of these technology companies we talk about are good examples because not too many people work for them. And at that point, you have a lot of you have trillions being generated by a few companies um, that don't employ very many workers. And where does that leave everybody else? I think that's where Yang is stepping in and saying, well, we need to redirect some of that wealth into creating a future that I'm not even sure is possible, but it's interesting to think about. I, I, I know this couple. They both have what we would consider decent jobs. They both have uh, master's degrees. And they, with their two young children, are really struggling. The wolf is at the door. They are in debt. And I think to myself... Is there a future where this couple, where a middle class, what we would consider a middle class couple without a job would just raise kids? Is there just a workless future? Is such a thing even possible? Hey, well, we're, we're like, you know, the look at the people who are fucking over, right? Teachers. I can't believe that we fucking, that our by, by the way, they were teachers. Has, I, I wanted to hide yeah, their, of course I, they were fucking I, teachers. I wanted to they hide their identities fucking, a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, well, I, well, God fucking bless them. If you gave me a fucking trillion dollars, I would just dump it on fucking education. It's the only thing that's important and that matters is like living life and learning about the world around you. And for some, I can't believe that we're now the generation taking power and we're not, not only are we not solving this issue, but we're making it far fucking worse. That being a teacher is like the worst decision right now for somebody. I can't fucking believe that. Mm. And, and it's like an indictment on whatever our fucking system is. I, I don't know. They were, I'm, we're just like ranting right now about just political shit. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's too ranty. I, I I think that again, without knowing if Yang has the answers or if the answers can even come to fruition. People probably should start thinking in this direction. It's exciting. It seems important. And it just shows it, it's amazing. It's just amazing how much more it resonates when he's on the Breakfast Club talking about these things versus when Hillary is on the Breakfast Club and was talking about how she has hot sauce in her bag. It's 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 mm -hmm. real stuff that people think about or at least want to be thinking about. Now, 
I don't know if he can even crack the top 10 of the Democratic field. I'm not sure. Who- I'm Well, so yeah, that's the thing. This is the test of this 4chan theory of if he does take this and he if he does hold the keep and if like he pumps out memes and people... At, at that point, seat of power. racist 15-year-olds who can't vote are overlords, if that, if that happens. <laughs> it is. But like, but, you know, there's already, there's like plenty of pushback. There's plenty of meme threads. If you go on 4chan and you're looking for this, there's plenty of Yang meme threads that are overtaken by gore which is like a, a tactic to kind of like spook off non 4chaners is to post horrific gory images. So if you start seeing those seemingly out of context, that's like something that's going on. There's also a lot of, you know, there's an element of like, are we supporting Yang ironically here? Is it just funny to support this guy who's going to give us a thousand bucks? There's like a good counter meme going on right now that, <laughs> that Todd Berry, the comedian Todd Berry, uh, is running uh, for 2020 on a platform of giving you $2,000. $2,000 rather than $1,000. Which I do not know if that is a reference to something that Todd Berry has said. Taking a cursory glance at his Twitter feed, I, it does not seem to be something that maybe he even knows about. I, am not, I do not know. Uh, Todd Berry, very funny man. Todd Berry. <laughs> I once ran into Todd Berry at a J. Crew. Uh, does he know who you are? Are you, are you friends with Todd Berry? No, I don't know Todd Berry. I had a very awkward interaction where he was at the J. Crew. I was getting a suit for your fucking wedding, actually. Oh, wow. You're, you're part of this. When I was getting my gray suit uh, for your wedding, mm. I went to this J. Crew, and in were also browsing around were Todd Berry and Vernon Chapman. Mm. Uh, and Vernon Chapman is like my favorite comedy writer. And uh, it's the second time I don't ever do this. It's so stupid because it's like he's the one guy who I want to think I'm cool. But he's the only celebrity where I was like, I got to give it up for Vernon Chapman. And I went up to Vernon Chapman. He's made like he made like wonder shows in Xavier Renegade Angel. His most recent show, Shivering Truth, is fucking great. Uh, a beautiful show. But yeah, I was like, uh, Vernon, I just want to let you know, you're my favorite writer. I like love you. And like Todd Berry was right there, too. And I was like, I'm, and Todd, you're, you're great, too. I like you, too, Todd. Uh, it was great. <laughs> Which is very funny and like just like a very kind of quintessential thing to also like do to Todd Berry, I think. Oh, I think so. I didn't know Todd Berry was Jewish. This is what I'm learning from the Wikipedia on, uh, oh, on Todd Berry. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I had no idea. I, I didn't know. Uh, all right. Well, so we should wrap up this segment by also talking about, so uh, I, I'm going to publicly, you have to air your, you know, what, what's it called? Where you air your biases or whatever, where you like, I, I uh, what are my I biases? donate to the Ying, air your bias, the airing of biases. People, people say, people say I'm trying to ruin Kevin Durant's career, but I don't know what my biases are. <laughs> Well, so I I uh, I donated to the Yang campaign this week so that he could qualify for the Democratic primary or for the debates or whatever. But then on Friday, a man, I fucking had to give some money up to Elizabeth Warren also because she came out swinging against the big fucking tech companies saying she was going to break up. She was running on a platform or breaking up Facebook, Amazon, Google. And uh, I'm all about that shit, too. So I, to me, just last another week, another conversation. An- it's going my way. Another just a massive, big, completely unfeasible in all likelihood idea uh, that appeals to Matt. What a shocker. <laughs> Only if you believe that. Only if you believe that. Hey, look, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a shocker. Optimist. I have not I'm donated. Optimist. I have not donated to Andrew Yang, but I did follow him on Twitter and he did follow me back. So <laughs> right now. Oh, I'm, he followed you. So that was a follow back. That he was a follow back. That. So now I am hashtag gang gang 2020 <laughs> all the way. Haven't donated yet. Not sure if I'm going to, but he is my favorite of the politicians for that, uh, for that alone. <laughs>
I, I, I would say. All right, that. real quick, Ethan, should we talk about uh, Tucker? Tucker, who's also Yang Gang. I don't. It seems like I don't feel the but, need. And Tucker, who's been getting a lot of shit this today, just today. Yeah. And part of it was our podcast episode getting uh, name checked. Yeah. Uh, as a part of like fire Tucker Carlson. Do you want to talk about this? Or, like, I don't okay. have anything smart or interesting to say. We talked about in the first episode. I told a story about the crazy time where um, I called Tucker Carlson for the offices of Salon. Uh, to get him to try to write an essay, and he ended up calling uh, my boss at the time, Joan Walsh, a cunt, among other things. And I think she wrote <laughs> she wrote a remembrance of it today in The Nation that was shared with me. Oh, she did? Yes, that was shared with me on the, um, the, the, the Slack of The Athletic. And I said, thanks for the <laughs> link, and I just kind of skimmed it, and I just looked at it as, I don't want to get involved. I don't, what you, whatever you guys are doing over there. You know, all of you with the Tucker <laughs> stuff and Tucker and, you know, whatever goes on. I, I don't know. I have nothing to I, I, I don't have anything to to add, really. I, I, I don't know. There was um, I guess what you're referencing is that Media Matters found um, a lot of uh, shocking and repulsive things he was saying on uh, the Bubba the Love Sponge show in 2006, and I think Bubba the Love Sponge was the the guy whose wife had sex with Hulk Hogan, which became a tape, yeah. a sex tape that ultimately brought Gawker down. I think. Am I getting my? Yeah, people got to stop saying Bubba the Love Sponge like Bubba the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge is the most impactful media personality Apparently. of our generation. Apparently, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I should have been saying it with the upspeak. I should have been saying it confidently. <laughs> I've just, no, I've just never listened. Gawker. I've just never listened to an episode of Bubba the Love Sponge. So, <laughs> well, that's why we're behind. Yeah, and I think, and I, and, and and I think Tucker Carlson came out guns blazing. Does Love Sponge referred to what is, does that refer to? Uh, like, like that contra, wasn't that like a contraception method? Uh, like sponge. It, it, it might. I mean, that would make some things make a little bit more was sense. That what, was that what, there, there used to be all these weird female. God, how weird are radio methods, people, right? man? How strange are radio people? But <laughs> weird are, we're all radio people now. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Podcasters are radio. Oh man. People. Uh, but so anyway, I think Tucker Carlson came out guns blazing, not apologizing, which is probably the proper move for him and his brand. And <laughs> I don't know. It, it just seems like nothing's going to really change. It seems the people who hated him will just continue to hate him and the people who liked him will continue to like him. And it's some footnote in my history as an intern in my early twenties. I, I, yeah, I, I don't have anything smart to say. I, I, I will say, I do want to talk if we are in the political realm. I, I did think a lot about an article. I think it was in New York magazine, which mm. laid off yeah, some people, which laid off some people because it's a New York uh, digital publication. And that's, that's what happens. And we talked about that before, but a New York Magazine article on the social, the socialist movement within Brooklyn that to me was just interesting because I, I felt like it captured our micro generation. I think, Matt, we are of a yeah, micro so talk generation. Ab- yeah, talk about this micro generation idea. Yeah. So um, it, it, it covered uh, the kind of the uh, the AOC and uh, just the forces co- coalescing around her and some of the social scene. It really covered the social scene of the DSA uh, chapters around Brooklyn and the type of people around them. And I couldn't help but notice that a lot of the people they were describing, they were often described as young. It's a young movement, young, 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 except not completely, not completely. It seems like there is a median demographic um, of people in their early thirties. And this is 
a micro generation, one that I felt very much a part of. I am not a DSA person, but I came to Brooklyn after graduating from college. You and I hold up in a terrible apartment and the entire economy melted. Uh, the mortgage-backed securities, economic crash for anybody younger than we are. It was a pretty big deal. It was a pretty big deal. You kind of make it sound romantic. We were in this tiny little apartment while the world crumbled around us, and all we had was each other. Except you had your girlfriend, Julie, and I was mostly alone to fend for myself. <laughs> Getting yelled at you for eating your hummus is, is, is my memory. <laughs> uh, that's definitive, yeah. Julie's mom made me this great, a big tub of hummus. Uh, and uh, so I, I came home one day to like eat some of my hummus, and it was all gone. Ethan had eaten all of my hummus. Yeah, yeah. And Matt got mad at me, but then I learned. I learned something crucial for relationships, which is it doesn't matter who's right and who's wrong. What matters is that your friend is mad, and you should apologize. And so that's what I learned. But which, by the way, just just to point this out, this is Ethan still not admitting fault. It's just him putting the blame on me. It, but that's still it was, an important it was a bitter lesson, time. There was no food to eat in two thousand nine. <laughs> uh, all we had was hummus, and so it got a little bit. It got a little bit. Uh, you know, it, it, it was scary times. But I think that for that generation, for our generation, there is research to suggest that people who graduate into a recession. It tracks for the rest of their lives. They earn less than following generations and generations uh, before before them because you build on what you have. You tell a company what salary you're making, and then you get more salary. And it also just completely made the entire structure of the economy look ridiculously fraudulent. You know, we came in, we grew up in the '90s. The economy was roaring. We all had this this idea that if you go to college, you come out of college. You, you have a good job waiting for you. That was the expectation. Maybe it was naive, but that was the expectation. Instead, this rather remarkable event happened where the economy completely crashed. There wasn't a lot of confidence, by the way, that it would get back up and running ever again. I mean, there was a sense that maybe it, the whole thing, because it was all just bogus, because it was all just abstract, uh, would, would melt away. And... You know, luckily, things have recovered and rebounded, and we can talk about aspects that aren't so good, and we can talk about how, like we were saying before, the death of manufacturing and the rise in suicides and, and, and whatnot, but the economy is better than I certainly thought it would ever be back Well, we then. started running the economy on suicides. Yeah, oh, yeah, thank God. What are they, what are, <laughs> thank God we both invested in that, and we're both quite comfortable yeah. now. But Yeah, if you, like us, invested in suicides, then... Yeah. So no, well, that's actually not fucking. That's like you know, if you invested in fucking pharmaceutical companies that created, fucking there, there fentanyl, are there are analogous things. High. Well, now I'm getting now I'm getting a brainwave here of yeah, yeah, you know whatever. what 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 pills to invest in based on all the job losses that are imminent. But um, yeah, so I think that invest we invest in fucking body bags. Yeah. Man. <laughs> so I think that we had a very specific experience as a cohort, especially a cohort in cities. I got very lucky. I moved across the country. I stumbled into a good job in a creative field, as did you. But I look at the bitterness and the anger and the energy of that cohort in Brooklyn. And I think to myself, could that have been me, but for different circumstances? Are these my people just with a road fork in another direction? And following that, 
is the next generation going to be completely confused by and alienated by their worldview because they won't be able to relate to it because they will be graduating into a better circumstance? Hmm. I don't, yeah, it's an interesting question. Are, are we this dip or is actually everyone behind us doing just as bad? Yes, that's the question. <laughs> and it's tough, it's tough for us to, to, to answer that. But I don't, it doesn't seem like people are doing that great, even younger than us. You know what I mean? It seems like a lot of people are giving away fucking labor for free or for but, at but, a discount. But, but you gig see, economy, but, but you, you see, know? but you see what I'm saying that it seems very early 30s. I guess uh, Cortez, she's 29. Uh, maybe that's just because that's the first age at which you can actually make an impact and have professional mm. success, right? Maybe that's what right. it. Is. Maybe that's what it is. We're seeing. Well, this. Yeah. Are we seeing our cohort being ascendant, or are we seeing our cohort whining the loudest? <laughs> yeah. Is our is our cohort ascendant because it was so descendant, basically? But also, I don't even know. Like, are we just seeing our cohort? Like, you know, we're so fucking bubbled off from each other too. Mm. Like. It's impossible at this point to know who's even impactful, who's important, what cohorts matter. Are are you seeing this New York Magazine article because you follow the right people on Twitter and because you're the demographic for New York Magazine? Yeah. But actually, all the important shit's going on on some Twitch well, channel that none I, of us are watching. I think that's all very possible, but it just seems... I mean, these conversations are worth having because... A lot of social movements don't happen because the majority wakes up one day and says, we want that. There is one cohort that is very loud and influential and agitates for it and agitates for that change, right? I mean, there are examples where um, a lot of the food – now I sound like a 4chan poster when I say a lot of our food is kosher um, <laughs> just because, you know, there's no reason <laughs> – there's no reason that, you know, if you're going to have somebody who absolutely will not eat something or drink something – unless you make some change that isn't that big a deal to you, uh, you're going to make that change and you know, the rest of us shrug and we're fine with it. Um, yeah, well it's this, but, it's, this, but, but, it's this paradox where we all, I think we would all agree that we want to be able to have a society where people who are in the minorities, right. Have impact can mm. impact society. And in some ways we made all the, a lot of tools for that to happen. But then the, the converse of that is that small cohorts of very loud people can have outsized impacts. And suddenly we have like fucking measles outbreaks because of anti-vaxxers. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is that you don't need, you only need an impassioned uh, cohort to have re really revolutionary things happen. <laughs> and maybe they're in a bubble and maybe they're unrealistic, but you know, that, that energy, there's a term in basketball that the ball finds energy. And I think maybe this should even be what we title this particular podcast. The ball finds energy. Mm. What it means is coaches are saying, cut for the ball, cut hard, run, try to get open. You know, don't stand around thinking that you're not getting the ball. If you start acting with energy, you will start making things happen. And mm -hmm. I think that is the argument for some of these movements having an impact on politics um, is that, you know, that's that that's where the energy is and, and people will respond to it. And there's been the argument made that that revolutions aren't caused by the poor. They're not caused by the uneducated peasants. They're often caused by disaffected elites. And what is Brooklyn mm. with this cohort <laughs> but this just expanse of disaffected elites, this expanse of people who graduated with humanities degrees from places like, 
I don't know. Give me some colleges. Give me some colleges that I want to stuff. Uh, Grinnell, uh, uh, Swarthmore, uh, yes, uh, Oberlin, all the colleges, uh, you, all Berkeley, the, all the Haverford. Well, not so much. I felt very much like a, a man without a country. You know, you and your friends were all from these little tiny liberal arts schools, and uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But it's it's those. Oh, people. you weren't one of the elites, eh, Ethan? <laughs> hmm. the Sorry co- that you felt ostracized. <laughs> By the way. I think in a in, in a way you going to Haverford, Matt, was such a good preparation mm. for the social media panopticon versus my relative life of anonymity at at, at UC Berkeley. I, that's that that's my theory. <laughs> I, I visited Matt our first year of college. I visited Matt Haverford, by the way, a tiny liberal arts school outside of Philadelphia. Yes, yes, and you know I was coming at it from the perspective whatever college you're at, you come at it with this perspective of this is what college is. I've always dreamed of college and where I am is this is, this is what college is. And to me, college was a place where if I jumped off of uh, the roof of my dorm um, and, and ceased to exist, there might, you know, somebody might mention it like, Oh man, very sad. And everybody would just continue to go about their day. That was what college was. You are a number. Berkeley is massive, massive undergraduate population. That's what I. That's what I figured it. It, it, it was. So I visit. <laughs> You're just I, a number. People equals shit. Welcome to Slipknot University. <laughs> Here's your fucking barcode. <laughs> Here's your clown mask, asshole. <laughs> we don't fucking care about you. Into the grinder. Let the professor eat your fucking cock. Slipknot University. So welcome to Slipknot University. <laughs> <laughs> You start banging on the trash can. You start urinating on the audience. Um, we will not stop until this university is roiling in the pit. <laughs> so I visited you. I visited you at Haverford, this tiny, tiny, tiny college where everybody knows your name. Um, and <laughs> you had just been through a breakup. And oh, Jesus Christ. You, you just been through a breakup and talk about this. And, and, and everybody just came up. Everybody just came up to us, came up to us to talk about it because they were all friends with you and they were all friends with her and they all had a stake in it and they all felt like they needed to mediate and almost fix it. It was fascinating to me. And <laughs> now when I look back on it, what what to me at the time were the actions of clearly insane people who had lost all perspective <laughs> is effectively how people act on Twitter. Humans <laughs> having emotions for each other? No, it was this idea that they that they all were participants in the love life that they did not actually engage in, which now is as I look at the Twitter feed talking about various breakups and celebrity relationships, maybe it was just highly normal behavior in the future and I, I completely misunderstood it. I don't know. No, well, you know, you're out, I went out, I like taught uh, middle school kids for a summer and there was this crazy behavior that they had that then I remembered from middle school, which is like if one of them gets upset and starts crying, like in, in class, all the other kids like rush over to like calm them down and to like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Which is the last thing that like a sobbing child wants Mm. or a sobbing anybody. But these kids all wanted to like be seen as like being a good kid, like being a good friend for caring. But really they just wanted to like, you know, like, you know, chicken, you know, a rubberneck the, the tragedy or whatever was going on and see what it was like. Mm. And I guess in some ways it's just like, you want to see what emotions look like or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's just this strange, 
thing where we're like gravitate to that, like humanity when you're young. And I do feel like we see that all the time on social media of just like one, the need to like put yourself out there if you're going through a bad time and people supporting each other. Yeah. Like, oh, this seems strange. that, that to me is the, that that's the road to hell when you want the internet to be your, <laughs> when you want the internet to be your wife. You know that's 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 the, yeah. that's the road to hell. It's uh, I, it should. It's a it Mark, should be Mark like the, it should be the ironically racist kid down the street Definitely. that you're wondering what they're doing. Of course, but every once in a while you have an odd conversation with them. Of course, and then you walk away. Of course, that's what the internet. Should well, be. you know, it's it, Mark Maron would talk about people coming out to Hollywood hoping that comedy would be their dad, and I look now and I see, I see a people hoping that. Twitter or Instagram will be their spouse, you know, be my emotional ballast, give me my validation, make me feel loved. It's full of just crazy people. It's it, but it seems like nobody gets called the, on. Nobody, yeah. nobody gets called yeah, on it right. though. Nobody gets called all on. All the it. sane, all the sane people are in our podcasting. That's the, if you're sane, yes, you're having a podcast with your best friend. That's what normal people do. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so are you persuaded by my micro generation theory, Matt? Do you think? I think it's really interesting. It, it's like the only problem is like what I'm saying. I have no clue how to actually gauge this, other than I the the thing that we talked about. I think in the very first episode, where it's like I don't know what the generation behind me is doing because my but my sneaking suspicion is that the generation behind us is like making the same mistakes that we did of like giving our labor away for free to like co- like corporations and companies that don't care about us, but ours were like a hundred to 200 people companies and the ones they're giving it all away for all the way to are like massive corporations that don't care you know you see all these kids like flocking to tiktok there was like an interesting article that went around uh by somebody i don't remember on a website i also forgot uh that kind of equated uh social media to like social currency to a way of like where you could get social currency on social media and that was mm. like the investment that you were making and that that that's like a it's like a an, an economy of like social currency and you can kind of see this because if you got in early on a platform then that was like making an early investment on it or whatever and you know that paid off dividends for you or whatever the fuck but it, it all speaks to me of just like this weird like slavery that we're all getting on platforms in order to give our 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 wares away for free because we like the attention but don't get any of the money. Mm. And and I feel like that is like a slippery slope. And well, that you, you know it's something. Up, it's like, funny that something my mom always told me when I was uh, entering the workforce that if people don't want to pay you in money, they pay you in compliments. I never thought to apply mm-hmm. it to these social media conglomerates but we're going to there is there is that there is that is bait and switch even the right term i'm not even sure it's not bait and switch but um we instead of giving you currency are giving you some of the validation that comes with having well, literally a, high a compliment job. button yeah 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 a like button by the way i need to check well, in so my that's the you know what we should talk about that before we we close out which is okay. the danger of ubi mm. which is the like dark side of it which is the like Will this not work? Which is that like, if we believe that UBI is the savior, are we just kind of like letting this system be the system where like, yeah, social currency is more important than currency because you don't need currency because you're getting your UBI, man, because you're getting your bag, you're getting your money from the fucking government, which is taxing it. And is that actually a horrifying road to hell? Because 
were enabling the surveillance economy by just taking a small amount of money from it and ignoring all the actual pain that it's doing to our brains, mm. the addictions that it's foisting. You're making upon you're us. making a very conservative argument. It's it's a very welfare. Is it conservative? Well, it, I don't know. No, like, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a critique. Whoa, I'm just saying whoa. I'm saying that as an observation. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's a very sure that like it's a very welfare. Or, it's a very welfare esque or anti welfare <laughs> argument. Well. I, I guess, but I, I think it's it's more that we need to be cognizant of both. That, like, obviously work is something that people do. People are driven to put their energy towards something that they feel like matters. Otherwise, they're going to get depressed and OD also. It's not just about the money. It's about our, our ourselves and our, you know... We, that we give we give jobs the ability to give us our identity. You know, we identified ourselves at the top of the podcast as a sports writer and a comedy writer, you know? But those are just our jobs, you know? Really, I'm a husband, you know? Mm. I'm, I'm, a, uh, I'm a good friend to many. Uh, like, shouldn't <laughs> like those be... a good friend to many. <laughs> I'm a good friend to many. Shouldn't those be our defining characteristics rather than our jobs? And really, like, there's all these things that tech is doing to us that is putting us completely out of whack in general. And I think that that's something to really keep in mind, too. You know, tech is are the ones lobbying for UBI. Why Combinator is, like, doing some shitty, like, podunk experiment in it or something like that. I don't know why I besmirched their experiment. I just I remember reading about it. And it seemed <laughs> well, I mean, everybody involved in Y Combinator, clearly idiots, <laughs> fools. The, the, the dumbest people alive. Well, I, a lot of these people say the dumbest fucking shit. Well, they just like have no, these are people who have no conception of what media is, right? They have no conception of what like life is about. They have no conception of what but, users are. By the way, Matt, I'm, I'm, or do I, they? Maybe they do and they're just playing us all. Matt, Matt, but, I'm on the precipice of being corrupted, by the way. I was after a, after a Warriors game, I was talking to one of the tech CEOs who were in the bridge club, the place of legend at Warriors games. Oh. Where, Whoa, where, holy shit. Where uh, the tycoons uh, where the tycoons cut <laughs> no. their deals. Whoa, no way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I start getting yeah. along with this guy really well, and he's he, he starts telling me, man, I'll get you in the bridge club. Like, you'll be in the bridge club in no time. Ooh, hell yeah. <laughs> Couple stacks of cash. <laughs> Are, are there people in the bridge club who are not super rich that are just like the like curios, interesting figures? Yes, they have celebrities in there. I, I was trying to remember some of the celebrities he was. Rio Little monkeys that they make dance for them. I mean, I. I <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Ethan, say your Durant. Do your Durant routine, Ethan. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Do the Durant routine. Oh, man. He was talking about a time he was in there, and there were there were various celebrities. Rihanna was in there, and um, so. But look, I'm not I, I'm not about the fame stuff. I'm just about I, I figure I walk in the Bridge Club and they just they just give me money. That's what I want. That's what I envision. Right. Yeah. That's ideal. I've got yeah. a podcast. Okay, where, I've got a podcast where uh, you know where my childhood friend and I talk about the tech industry. Would you like to sink billions of venture capital money into this? <laughs> Would you like to sync up a bunch of money into this sync up. podcast? Sync up. Uh, oh, man. Well, we have one last thing on the itinerary, which we should just barely hit before we go, which just because it's the other thing that people were texting me and asking me about, which was the Zuckerberg pivoting Facebook to privacy thing or whatever. Yeah, people uh, have been talking to me about that. They just want to be, yeah, yeah. Do they just want to be Google. Is that the simple read on it? <laughs> 
No, they they actually they want to be WeChat. That's the best take that I saw, which is that really what. So I think the quickest take that I have on that is that Facebook broke the internet. They completely wrecked one of the most beautiful and amazing things that we've ever created. Uh, you know, a, a shining like natural wonder has been mm. reduced to absolute like rubble where people just die like a chasm. It's like it's like turning the Great Pyramid into a chasm where if you step in it, you just die, and everything that was cool about it is gone, and now only old. Old people are trampling on the ruins. So they did that to the internet, right? And rather than fix it, which is what he's been talking about doing, what it sounds to me like is he's actually like giving up on that. He's like, ah, fuck, never mind, never mind. No, 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 no. And he's moving off and he's going to go over to, and he's going to pivot to messaging that private messaging is going to be the thing, which sounds to me like he's going to try to get us all onto this one great messaging platform that he's going to make. That's all about like peer to peer privacy. And then he's going to just ruin messaging. He's already telling us like, first I'm going to build a, a private secure way where you can talk to the people you love most. Is this a and naive, is this a naive question? Time, is this a naive question of mine? But I've got yeah. so many ways to message people. I don't, why do I? He's an idiot. This guy is just an asshole. He's just like a fucking dweeb. I don't think he's an idiot. too much power. I, I don't know, man. If he's not an idiot, then like what? How dumb do you have to be to think that the things he thinks are the reason to live are the reasons to live? You know what I mean? It's like the whole point, like why you got to be a real idiot to think that you should take over the internet and do what you're doing rather than let the internet be what it is. Hey, Especially all as a I know kid. is and I, cause he was our generation. He's in our micro generation. Mm -hmm. He grew up with the same internet that we did knowing how fucking cool it was, how like cool shit could happen on it, how you could, how it was only going to get better. And you know, I, like how smart do you have to be to realize what the good things in life are? That, that's my question. But anyways, he's taken he, messages. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, he's, like I'm sorry cool Matt. Thing. He's not French. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't have a certain joie well, Maybe he should be a little more fucking French. Get a little fucking baguette in him. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. What a Zuckerberg, look, hey, look, buddy, if you want to have a conversation, I'm always down. Well, let's talk about what, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, whoever what, wants what to come on the podcast. Uh, look, hey, buddy, I'm always down to we, talk to you. Whether I it's, think uh, that if we have a conversation, Zuck, I'll realign your priorities. Zuckerberg. Or maybe you can convince me that I'm wrong. Zuckerberg, Tucker Carlson, Joan Walsh, whoever, you know, Kevin Durant. Those, all those people invited. <laughs> Nate, uh, we demand that you get on this podcast, this podcast in which it's just the two of us and we do not have people that we interview anyway but he's he's going to make a messaging platform and then he's going to ruin it he's going to like invite a bunch of companies onto it and like make it so that while you're chatting with me about you know fucking i don't know hey man can i borrow a screwdriver a fucking ad for a screwdriver is going to pop up and then they're going to claim like oh but no, we don't know what's in the conversation only a robot does like that's what they're going to make there's this platform in china called wechat it's part of like the the literal panopticon in china where all payments are gone go through the app all like social currency goes through the app where like your fucking social score that prevents you from going on an airplane. It all goes through that app. Zuckerberg wants to make a cryptocurrency that he, that he then convinces stores to let you use using the Facebook messenger of course. app or whatever the fuck they're going to call it. And it's just like, it's, I don't know the, to me. I just hope people are like, who the fuck cares about this? You know what I want to know? I want to know how many Facebook portals got sold. Because my guess is like they did a huge advertising blitz over that shit and nobody bought it because everybody thinks that company. Sucks. I feel like that's, that's here's what question. I think is going to happen with this podcast. I think we are we are at war, Matt. I think you want to make this podcast about Facebook 
and I think I want to push you off of that position. And I think this is going to be the internal oh, okay. tension. This is going to be the tension. What What do you mean? What do you Why do you, What do you want to push? Why do I don't you have an agenda. Back? I don't have an agenda beyond that. I, I I just want to talk about everything else. I know Facebook's important. Other than Facebook, I want to. I just want to yeah. push you off Facebook. I just and and well, not that it not 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 that it's not. Um, you know, it's not ruining the world. I, I agree with you on that. I agree, I agree with you completely. I just, I, I, I don't, well, okay, so you're going to have to answer for something. This is something you're going to have to explain. Oh, boy. How, you, you have to at least allow that Zuckerberg and some of the people running Facebook are smart. They cannot have just blundered <laughs> into this level of control. You can say that well, they are I'll, fucking things up, but you can't just uh, say that these people who staved off Google powerful Google's assault on their company when Google was trying to create its own version of Facebook um, and mm. are, 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 are increasingly grabbing more power. Um, you know, you have to allow that maybe they're misguided. You have to, what does Zuck do well? What does he do well, man? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I call them idiots because I think it's the only thing that would make them really mad. It's like a trolling move mm. because they all very clearly think they're much smarter than, mm. that they all clearly think they're very smart and they pride themselves on being very smart. And it's clearly like the hubris that's like they're undoing, you know, is believing that they're smart enough to meddle with the forces that they are. That's why I say that. Of course, these are intelligent people or whatever, but also like, I don't know, what's a metric? Like what is a smart person? I don't know. Does an IQ test tell you that you're smart? Like we've already proven that IQ tests are racist. Like what, what exactly, you know, what is the metric by which to gauge these people other than the impact that they have on society? And right now, man, they're, they're, <laughs> you know, they're just like the ruining cool stuff. Like dumb people ruin cool stuff. You know, when you're doing something cool and then somebody comes over and like stops you from doing it, that those guys suck, man. And that's what they're doing. I that, just think you should be more precise with your language. You should be more precise. All right, all right, all right. Here, I, well, I, I, I think that often smart, I, smart here's, people. Here's why I come down on them, man. I think it's because the directory was beautiful. The first thing they made was unbelievable. The idea of getting all people together in one directory where you could find anybody, where you could figure out where they are, what they're up to, if they want to let you know that, you know, a, a, a well maintained yellow pages on the internet. Right. Like that absolutely was a beautiful thing and was clearly the original mission. But they've just like this messaging platform, they've just piled shit on top of it in order to make it a successful business, which yeah. I understand the business needs to make profit and you're a public company. But unfortunately, they like broke the one thing that they, they that they made. That yeah, was cool. But I think it's more of a function, most likely that people tend to Peter principle themselves, that smart people attain a level of success they don't want to stop building they enjoy building things and they think based on the past success that i mean obviously they could do more and more and more and that's what fuels a lot of the techno utopianism that, that that happens out out here it's not it's not born of idiocy it's probably born of the opposite combined with arrogance i guess but you know if you let arrogance take over your 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 bright intellect you know, what do you call that person other than a fool? A fool. Well, you call him the best and the brightest, uh, sarcastically. <laughs> sarcastically, but then you well, the book was take well, the, it to be earnest. The book, the book was sarcastic. Well, I'm starting to cough because I'm just never not sick now. Um, oh, no. It's because of the baby? Yeah, the baby. I hope bag. it's helping in my immune system. I don't know. It's definitely helping his that he's passing on whatever he's passing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. But uh, he's, mm. you know, he's, he, he's very cute. So I, I, I take the exchange of it and it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's cool that way. But Matt, this has been delightful. 
Um, oh man, great, great app, buddy. Um, I, I, I hope we have coined the term micro generation and we make fetch happen. Oh yeah, micro generation is good. Yes, yeah, micro generation is good. And again, if you, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know who listens, but if, if you want to stop by, whether it be Zuckerberg, Joan Walsh, uh, Tucker Carlson, Andrew Yang, Andrew Yang, who follows me, you know, shout out to the follow back. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah, and yeah, we will. Yeah, we would have anybody on the podcast. I mean, Adam if, Silver, if interesting Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who says all his players are unhappy because of the technology. Oh, yeah, that would be great to talk. Yeah. About. Adam Silver, stop on by syncing up. Um, and uh, yeah, a uh, great episode, Matt. I will. I, <laughs> I, I look forward to next week. Yeah, me too, buddy. Take it easy. Yep.